podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we'll be discussing an article from the September issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Store Hay Right, Keep It Tight. I'm joined today by the co-authors, Ben Beckman and Brad Schick, who are Nebraska Extension Beef Educators. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Glad to be here, Aaron. Thanks for having us, Aaron. Well, as we record this podcast, we're kind of sitting here towards the unofficial end of summer and a lot of hay has been harvested. There'll still be some more hay harvested over the next few weeks here. But as we think about storing that hay as we move into the fall and winter, that really is the focus of this article that you wrote together. Give us some principles and some things we ought to remember about storing hay to really preserve and keep the most value we can with it. I think, Aaron, when Brad and I were discussing this topic, um, we both kind of sat down and thought about all of the time and effort that we put into getting hay put up properly, um, whether that's making sure it's the right moisture, um, you know, when we're doing our cutting and making sure that we're harvesting at the right point. And, you know, I, I think sometimes we forget that all of that work can kind of be for nothing if we don't worry about where we end up putting those bales in the long-term storage. And so we kind of just decided that that's something that we need to remind folks that it it makes a big difference. You know, even if we put all this time and effort on the front end, uh, that if we're not storing these things correctly, uh, we're going to have a huge drop in quality. Um, We can lose, you know, even some quantity in our bales for, you know, whether that's dry matter loss or Um, mold loss or bale that we're leaving behind and is unusable and we can really impact you know all that hard work that we put into this summer won't show up in the you know long term as we feed those bales out. As you think about some of the things that impact quality of bales and storage give some perspective on some of the things we can do to avoid some of those things that can cause us problem. I mean obviously the major one is moisture and as we think about that hay either moisture that comes from the sky or moisture that's on the ground that wicks into those bales. And then also thinking about snow, which as we record this, it's over 90 today. So we're not thinking about snow much, but that's going to happen. So how do we do some things from a storage perspective and how we do that with bales to minimize deterioration from moisture? Right, Aaron. So one of the first things you could do is is store bales inside, right? But uh, how many people have that option? Um, Especially we're talking about large round bales, one of the things we can do, though, is is elevate those bales, uh, elevate them off the ground. We can put them on old tires, crushed rock, uh, concrete, pallets, uh, things of that nature, uh, so that, that if water does wick up a little, it's going to airflow, and, and the likelihood of water actually wicking up is going to be much, much lower. The thing with that as well is that it won't be sitting in water. When we think about the grade of a, of a hay yard, putting it on, on the grade so the water will run by the bales and not sit at the bottom of those bales. Another thing we can do is then put those bales end to end, nice and tight together. Um, that'll allow less uh, oxygen, less moisture to be able to access the sides of those bales where it's easier to enter from as opposed to the curved side of that bale. Orienting the row properly too. Um, again, I talked about that with the slope of the yard, um, bale yard. But again, when we think about uh, snow and drifting, if the bales are kept that long, 
which a lot of times they are, a north to south orientation is going to help reduce some of that drifting uh, onto the other bales and keeping proper width, uh, proper spacing between those bales, bale rows that we do there. Brad, let's talk a little more about that. What kind of spacing should we have between rows of bale if we're putting hay bales into a, a stack yard or a bale yard? You know, there's there's some various ideas on where you are in the country and how much snow and those and those things of that nature. But usually we say, you know, three feet. Uh, that allows plenty of, of space for airflow if it does get some snow or, or rain or what have you, some moisture. Um, but again, you're not going to reduce a whole lot of space in, in the yard that you may need. You know, it's, space is a very valuable thing when we're stacking bales because we, we have a lot, of, a lot of bales typically, so we don't leave too much space. But we want to maximize the amount of airflow that we can get in between those rows. Let's talk a little bit about stacking bales. Uh, anything we should be aware of if we're stacking round bales? Any positives, negatives to be aware of there? Typically, when we're, we're talking about stacking bales, Aaron, um, that's going to be our best option if we're putting them under some sort of cover. So maybe we've got a roof over the top of them that, that we can prevent moisture from getting on them. Um, it, it's a really good option if we're looking at doing something like tarping um, because we're able to kind of minimize space and, and minimize how much tarp we need to cover our bales in, in that aspect. Um, when we're just storing, you know, especially round bales outside, the shape of that bale does a really good job of, you know, beating moisture off, especially if we've done a good job, you know, preparing that bale of keeping moisture from, you know, penetrating into the interior of the bale just by, you know, how it's built. And when we start stacking those on top of each other, we start, you know, getting places and creases where, um, moisture is going to start pooling at, we might, you know, have snow that's going to stick around and we're making, you know, spots where again, we don't have that airflow like Brad talked about. And, and, you know, even more importantly, we don't have the sun um, shining and help drying out things. So when we're looking at stacking, uh, it's really going to be a option for tarping. Uh, if we're putting just the round bales outside, that's probably an option unless we're really, really tight on space and we're okay with, with having some loss in quality and um, dry matter loss that we don't want to be doing. What are some other things that you think folks should remember or pay attention to as they think about storing hay bales as we go to the fall and winter? Aaron, I would say one thing is, is it does start with that, how you put it up and what the moisture is. You know, if we're looking that our our bale moisture is a little higher than that 20%, we really want to be cognizant and and check the temperatures too because we can put it all and store it all inside, but if it was put up in a less than ideal situation, uh, the whole whole row could go up in flames or or could be moldy or or a situation like that. That's one of the big things we got to be aware of that even if in dry years, we may think it's dried down enough, but we got to make sure that it is dry and then know how to store it if that's the situation. Well, Brad, you brought up something I think maybe is worth mentioning as well. Is there some value in maybe separating bale piles, bale yards away from each other far enough so that if we do get a situation where we get a fire and a portion of it, we don't lose everything? Oh, I think that's a big consideration. We don't want it all go, to go up, right? We a lot, a lot of times want to separate how we test our hay anyway by our lots, meaning, you know, it was put up 
this time of the year, it's a second cutting, it's a third cutting, if we're talking alfalfa, or maybe it's a, a wetter portion of the field, uh, maybe kind of keeping those separate from a quality standpoint to begin with, and then we can use that as a way to separate a fire risk too. I think you made a kind of a point there too, Brad, that um, considering what the quality of the initial bale is, uh, makes a big impact on what we decide for a storage standpoint too. And, and we got to kind of be aware of our costs and the economics of it. Um, if we've got, you know, a high quality, you know, alfalfa bale, we might consider throwing that underneath, uh, you know, a roof or tarping it or, or even putting, you know, a, a tube on it or something to really prevent moisture from entering that bale and uh, reducing the quality at, you know, a really high quality you know, initially like that, those costs might be worth it. If we've got, you know, slough hay that hasn't been cut in several years and it's probably going to end up on the road or um, some filler in a ration after we grind, you know, we might not have, you know, quite the economic flexibility to do some of those, you know, preventative options. And so keeping that into consideration as we look at some of these measures to uh, put into our bale yard is, is also important. Anything else you want to highlight, guys, as we point towards wrapping this up? I'd just point out, Aaron, that it really does, you know, like I said, a lot of this work and effort starts during the summertime here, putting up a high-quality bale, making sure that we're wrapping that, you know, in a manner that's going to protect it as long as we can. Uh, net wrap usually keeps things a little bit tighter uh, than just a, a regular twine wrap would making sure that we've got that bale packed nice, tight, and dense is going to do a whole lot um, to protect it from the elements initially. And then we're just putting it in the best circumstances so that the, you know, the elements are going to affect it as, as little as possible before we get around to feeding it. Aaron, I'd also say that uh, whether or not you keep all your hay uh, kind of makes that determination too. If if you're a producer, if your operation involves selling hay uh, at any stage, um, selling it earlier is probably better for your operation. It's usually a little higher quality. You don't have that uh, loss from the storage, so you're selling more more hay. Um, if you're going to be feeding it yourself, um, then that's a different conversation. But still, storage is still uh, paramount when you're talking. It's going to go through your own cattle. Thanks again for joining me today, guys. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. For more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. Again, this can be found in the September issue. The title of the article is Store Hay Right, Keep It Tight.